today's episode of Still to be Determined, we're going to talk about whether Matt has been bought by Big Hydrogen. <laughs> That's right. Hi, everyone. As usual, I'm Sean Farrell. I write some sci-fi. I write some kids' books. And I am the older brother of Matt Farrell. Matt Farrell, of course, is the Matt Farrell of Undecided with Matt Farrell. That's right. Which it's a good thing that that name for a podcast was available. Yes. I mean, just coincidentally. I would, I would have been, yeah. yeah. Undecided with John Smith. That's right. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt Farrell. I'm here to talk about Undecided with John Smith. <laughs> yeah. Really doesn't roll off the tongue. Anyway, we're here to talk about Matt's most recent episode. His regular viewers will know that we're talking about why this hydrogen breakthrough matters. This is from May 17th, 2022. And the reason I believe Matt may have been bought by big hydrogen is because, Matt, there's, a, there's an error in your episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. A little, a little thing to some people, and you'll get the pun in a moment. It's a small detail. And you'll get the pun in a moment. You make the claim that hydrogen is the smallest elemental particle. That distinction goes to helium. Helium is actually the smallest elemental particle. Is it? It is. It is. Oh, boy. Hydrogen. Oh, boy. Yeah. Are you sure about that? I am sure about this. <laughs> I got to double check this. Yeah. We'll play some. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. it's the small details they get through the cracks. Oh, another pun. Oh, we did it again. Oh, yes. So other than that, your video is great. But that, that tore it all down. That, but that one weakness, that one small spot, I was just like, clearly they got to him. And he's bought their lives, bought. hook, line, and sinker. Just I've like been bought. Spouting big hydrogen. Ironically, big <laughs> hydrogen. Get it? Another pun. Uh, so the first thing that went through my head after watching this video was Matt pretend for a moment that I don't know anything about metallurgy, engineering or physics and just tell me what the hell is going on because <laughs> this episode, who boy with the science. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, there was a it's a of lot of science and it's absolutely it's, it is interesting and i could look at it and say like i can see that this is in the world in which i live in this is not like you know i'm gonna tell you how a warp engine would work on the starship enterprise that that is not what is happening here this yeah. is legitimate hard science of like i get it i get what is being said here but it was a little difficult for me to see okay where does this plug in to the world and so my first question is, give me an example of where this could be used. Where might I be driving down the road and look and see, oh, I bet they're using hydrogen storage in there. Where might that, where might that be? This is going to be a hot debate because like, there are people that still think that there's going to be hydrogen in cars and I'm not in that camp. Mm -hmm. I think where we're going to most likely see these is grid scale energy storage systems or building sized energy storage systems. So think of data centers having power backup that are using these hydrogen systems as basically gigantic batteries. That's basically what they are. Right. So you can generate, you can create the hydrogen on the facility using the electrolyzer, store it, and then use a fuel cell to convert it back. So you basically just have a big hydrogen battery. So that's probably where we're going to see it the most is probably like massive scale energy storage system. And is this, this is the kind of thing that 
as you mentioned just now at the beginning of that comment, there are people who think, oh, this could be shrunk down eventually. The technology could be shrunk down to the size of being able to be a power source for a car, for a vehicle. It technically can. I mean, it already is today. There's hydrogen cars already. So it's like, this is totally feasible. Technically, the biggest question is, cost. how is that for cost and right. efficiency? Because it's not as efficient as a battery electric and cost is crazy expensive. It's more expensive to go hydrogen car than a gasoline car. Right. So like on the cost hierarchy, you've got hydrogen, gasoline, and then you've got battery as, right. as the cheapest of the three. Right. So it's, it doesn't so make falls sense. into the same category of technically you could have a steam powered car. Yeah. However, <laughs> of course. would you want to do a good choice? Is it going to, is it going to be the right choice for you? Right. It breaking down to efficiency and cost. Let's ignore cost for a moment. Okay. How much efficiency would it need? Like what levels of efficiency improvement would it need in order to be comparable to Let's, let's not even shoot for the moon of yeah. like making it comparable to the best option out there. Just making it on par with, let's say, the worst option that's of currently on the market. How much would this need to improve in order to get to that goal? Depends on what you're talking about. If you want to talk about cars just for a split second, even though yeah. I don't think hydrogen is good for cars. Right. You're talking about right now, today, hydrogen powered cars are more efficient than gasoline okay just it's more efficient for the amount of you know the amount of energy you're getting out of the system you're getting more energy out of the system for a hydrogen car already but then there's a huge jump you're talking like maybe 50 percent efficient at best mm -hmm. then you're jumping over to a battery electric and you're talking 90 plus percent okay. efficient so it's like there this is where i would say to you and this is a common argument and i i'm I'm not at the end of my rope, Sean. I, the, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't hit that breaking point quite yet, but I am getting a little frustrated by the efficiency is the end all be all of everything for all these conversations. Sure. Well, it's just not efficient. It's just not efficient. And it's like, I find that argument a red herring to me personally. Mm -hmm. There's a reason gasoline cars have been the number one source of transportation for like a hundred years. It's the it's availability and cost of petroleum. It's so dirt cheap to fill yeah. your car and drive it around. And yeah. that's, and it's one of the most inefficient systems you can have, but yet it's so dirt cheap. So it's like the idea that efficiency is the thing that we have to be chasing. It's like, we could have a, a car that maybe is 99% efficient, but it could cost 10 times the cost of something else. So it's like cost and efficiency can't really be pulled apart completely because right. The more efficient the system, it can actually help drive some of the cost down. But if the materials that it takes to make that thing, like an electrolyzer, you might need platinum and very rare metals. It's like suddenly it's super expensive to make the electrolyzer, even though it's super efficient. So it's like right. there's different things you always have to factor into this. So it's cost and efficiency are always intertwined. It's really hard to take them apart. We're seeing that right now in gas prices in the US. Yeah. Where it's it's the gas prices skyrocketing the way they have and there seems to be this kind of knee-jerk well the solution here is to fix the prices mm -hmm. and i don't even own a car and part of my response is no wouldn't this be the perfect demonstration of how you've tied an entire industry to something that could fluctuate this easily mm -hmm. based around price mainly and wouldn't this be a better opportunity to say, well, perhaps then the solution isn't, 
let's figure out how to lower these prices. Let's figure out a different mode of transportation that doesn't rely yeah. on that as the power source. So as you mentioned, you can't really pull efficiency and price apart, even though that's how my question started. I said, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> the flip side of my first question, and you kind of already answered it, is the price point at this point for a, let's say you had two cars, you had a gas car, you had a hydrogen vehicle. Roughly how much would it cost to drive you know, on a full tank of gas at today's gas prices, if you've got a 12 gallon tank and you've got 60, right. 60 bucks of gas in there. So you've got 12 gallons and you can go, let's say 50 miles per gallon, just so you can go 600 miles. Mm-hmm. How much is it going to cost you comparably with hydrogen as the power source? If you've got a car that could it's it's hard to say because of all the prices that are out of whack right now. But like when I I did a video on hydrogen cars a while back, and it was like fifteen to twenty percent more expensive to to run the hydrogen yeah. car to fuel it up. So it might but be seventy seventy five. Who who knows what it actually is now? Because that was like a year ago, and things right. have been shifting around. A and lot. maybe because gas prices have skyrocketed, I wonder if it might actually be on par at this point. The one thing I would say is that we've kind of drifted into the car conversation because it's a very easy. It is an easy analogy. way. To, it is an easy way to talk about it. I was going to pull back yeah. just now with my next comment, which is yeah. let's now transition to you're driving down the road. You look to the right and there's a power storage facility that is mm-hmm. currently, let's say it is a field of wind turbines that are connected to power cells. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of the road, you've got a hydrogen power storage facility. Based on everything you've said so far and what was in your video, the cost of the wind turbine and power cell storage is going to be cheaper than what's going on in the hydrogen plant to my to the other side of the road. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. <laughs> the technology that you talked about in the video, is that going to make improvements that are going to put them closer to the same footing so that they will actually be more competitive with each other or is there still more that's needed for the hydrogen to become there's so more that's competitive needed. yeah there, there's there's three things that you kind of have to focus on when you're talking about the hydrogen storage it's the how do you make the hydrogen which is what this video was really focused on there's how do you store hydrogen mm-hmm. which i actually have another video coming out soon i did a video on solid state hydrogen storage a while back that was very controversial. Mm-hmm. I have a follow-up that's coming out hopefully within the next week or two where I go even more in depth into that. And then the other thing is fuel cells. How do you get the, how do you convert that back into electricity? And there's inefficiencies with each step and they all compound on top of each other. So it's like this breakthrough I talked about in this video gets the efficiency of making the hydrogen almost, almost one-to-one. So for every kilowatt you put in, you're, you're creating a, a almost one kilowatt of potential in hydrogen. Right. Then it comes down to storage. Compressed, compressed uh, hydrogen is very ex- expensive and has lots of inefficiencies with it. Solid state hydrogen, which I'm, I've talked about before, it, it has the potential to kind of answer some of this question specifically for stationary energy storage, like for a building or a grid. 
And then you've got fuel cells, which are also, I haven't talked about this a lot, but there are breakthroughs happening there that are making those more efficient. So as, as each one of these three categories gets chipped away and gets better and better and better and better, it's like the whole idea of a hydrogen battery essentially becomes much more interesting. And I talked to a scientist at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory about solid state hydrogen. And the way he described it to me, it makes perfect sense. When you're talking about energy storage and you're talking about batteries, like what Tesla does, when you want to scale it up, like you want to have one megawatt of storage, you want to go to two, you are literally doubling the size and the weight and everything because you, you need to get twice as many batteries. So twice as much volume, twice as much weight to get twice the storage. So that's why the cost of battery energy storage is kind of linear when you're talking about like, right. as it kind of goes up. But then when you're talking about alternatives like hydrogen, if you need, you can create your electrolyzer stack and your fuel cell stack for what power needs you need. So it's like you need to have the equivalent of one megawatt creation at one end and one megawatt creation at the other end. But you want to have 10 gigawatts of storage in the middle. You don't have to scale up the electrolyzer stack. You don't have to scale up the fuel cell stack. You just have to mm. scale up the storage area. So it's not a one-to-one like it is with a battery. So you can It can be one dramatically, to ten to one. Right. You, you're increasing the volume, but you're not increasing the weight. You're not increasing the complexity of the system. So it's like it can actually scale in a way that batteries can't, mm. which is why it's still in the conversation, which a lot of people hate hydrogen, seeing it as a it's big oil, trying to make it you know, a big play. But it's still a viable alternative for if you need megawatts and gigawatts of energy storage, hydrogen is a potential solution there, mm-hmm. depending on the storage mechanisms and all that kind of stuff, because it can scale in a way that batteries cannot cost-wise, right. even though there's inefficiencies in the system. Right. Because you also have to factor of, okay, it's slightly more inefficient, but would it be cheaper to do hydrogen storage with a few extra solar panels to produce a little extra energy that makes up for that inefficiency? That could actually be cheaper than saying, trying to be a purist and say, I'm going to do solar into a battery because it's 95% efficient. It's like, yeah, okay, this is only 75% efficient, but we just can add a little extra renewable energy generation and overall the whole system's going to be cheaper. Right. And we can, we can make up for that inefficiency. So it's, it's all a balancing act. You kind of have to craft it. So it's, it's, it's a complicated, <laughs> it's pretty complicated. Yeah. Which is what I've been coming out of. That's what I've been understanding as I've gotten more and more into this. Right. Is there any, is there anyone who is looking at all of these parts all at once? Because you mentioned there's the production of the hydrogen, there's the storage, there's the, yes, you know, the, the, the fuel cell aspect. And you've talked about like the company that you talked about in your most recent video, they were talking about the hydrogen generation, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And you were talking about that in isolation for them. You, are they also looking at the other parts or are other companies doing that? Or are there multiple companies that are all multiple doing companies. all of this? There are companies that are focused on fuel cells. There are companies that are focused on electrolyzers. There are companies that are focused on storage. There are companies that are doing all of them. Like I mentioned, I keep teasing this video that's going to be coming out soon, but the solid state video, uh, the hydrogen video that's going to be coming out, there are companies that, are, that literally sell like Here's a trailer-sized thing. On one end of the trailer is the electrolyzer. On the other end is the fuel cell, and in the middle is the storage. It's a one-stop shop. So there are com- there are companies creating these hydrogen battery systems. So it's like they're they're doing the whole thing and they're optimizing the whole thing as a unit. Mm-hmm. 
you can get them for your house. It's like, that's the other thing is like, you can get, there's a company called Lavo. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's in Australia. It's like a Powerwall alternative. It looks like a Powerwall. It's this big rectangular box you install outside your house or in the garage. Mm-hmm. And it's literally this. It's, it's got an electrolyzer, a storage system, a solid state hydrogen storage system, and then a fuel cell. And it acts just as a gigantic hydrogen battery for your house. It's like these systems do exist and companies are taking a look at all three together to create an optimized system. But this video was specifically focusing on the companies that are specializing in trying to break through on create cutting edge electrolyzers, because that's one of the biggest questions for green hydrogen is the inefficiency there. And for something like that, where they're pulling up that trailer and it's got the whole kit and caboodle inside Mm -hmm. the trailer, is the source of the hydrogen going to be water? Yeah. Okay. And is water one of the outputs at the end of the process when it is converted into energy yep so is this another one of those research areas where you've talked before it was noom right the was that yeah Yeah. neom yep neom is this another one of those areas that the saudis might be looking at as a means of having a source for actually cleaning water that would then end up yep. with more drinking water. Is this one of those technologies that would have a, a role to play there? I've, <laughs> I can't name who I've talked to different companies and some of them have talked about, yeah, we've talked to the Saudis about doing stuff. And it's like, oh, you must be talking about, you yeah. know, so it's, it's one of those, the, the Saudis are looking at every conceivable angle to try to create optimized systems for, Hey, we can create clean water and maybe get some energy we, or we could create clean water. And as a side effect, we could use some of that for clean energy. It's like they're right. looking at a holistic systems. So yes, they are looking at pretty much everything. Right. As far as where this technology stands right now, all things, if everything was just static, if there were mm-hmm. not going to be any improvements in the future, do you think that hydrogen has a place right now? Or do you think it still is just falling a few ticks short? in that in a way that's keeping it from being a major player my opinion this is my opinion but it's falling a few ticks short right now um there are some isolated very niche areas where it's kind of holding its own but it's one of those as these improvements get made and they're coming it's like that's when it becomes a competitive option but again my opinion it's it's still gonna be a niche player i don't see hydrogen ever becoming a major player in the energy market. I think they've kind of see it's taken them too long. I think the industry has taken too long to find those efficiencies and make those breakthroughs. And there's other options that are super cost effective, that are really good, nice technologies. And I'm not talking about lithium ion batteries. I'm talking about pumped hydro and you know gravity energy storage systems and flywheels. It's like there's so much stuff out there that gives you really interesting energy storage solutions for all these different use cases. It's we have a a potpourri in front of us of storage options that I think hydrogen's having a hard time really combating against because it's taking them this long to really kind of ramp up. Right. So I think that's our question to our listeners at this point. Would you bet on advances in this industry in order to make it a player? Or do you think it's already a player? Let us know. You can reach out through the contact information in the podcast description. And of course, on YouTube, you can just scroll beneath this video and leave a comment there. We appreciate all the feedback. Don't forget, you can also review us and 
you can leave those reviews on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever it was that you found this podcast, including on YouTube. If you'd like to more directly support us, you can go to stilltbd.fm, click on the Become a Supporter button, and you can throw some coins at our heads. We appreciate each and every bruise. Don't forget, you can also click the Join button on YouTube. You can become a member there. All of that really does help the show. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time.